On behalf of the Episcopal Diocese of Maine, welcome to this eight-episode series, Seeking the Gift of Hope. Our guest is Father Martin Smith. Martin is well-known throughout the Episcopal Church and beyond as a spiritual director, a retreat and workshop leader, and an author whose books exploring contemporary spirituality have gained a wide readership. His books include A Season for the Spirit, The Word is Very Near You, Love Set Free, Compass and Stars, and Reconciliation. We hope that you will find each episode in this series thought-provoking in this time of uncertainty and a stimulus to prayer and conversation. Share this podcast with your friends and your faith community and explore with them different facets of hope as a gift of God, the Holy Spirit. Welcome to our ongoing conversation, Seeking the Gift of Hope. Today's theme is Becoming a Hopeful Person. Seeking the gift of hope is not asking God for a pair of rose-tinted spectacles. It is not toying with that bogus spirituality called the amazing power of positive thinking. It is not applying for a magic antidepressant. Hope is about the kind of person we want to become. Seeking the Spirit's gift of hope is one aspect of living into our identity and union with Christ, seeking the release of our capacity for resilient love. The love that in Paul's words bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 The gift of hope is not a fix but a stance, a way of seeing the world, a way of life, a habitual tuning into the desiring of God. Hope is a core element of our character in Christ, into which we grow over the long haul. Paul is clear that hope emerges from endurance staying intimately with God through losses, setbacks and sufferings. Only by faithfully enduring change and loss can we build into our core identities a hopefulness more powerful than the forces of cynicism, apathy and discouragement. Here are words from Paul's letter to the Romans that repay deep consideration. We boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Romans 5, 2-5 Let's consider two aspects of this spirituality of hope. First, seeking the gift of hope involves a decisive turn towards our future with Christ. 
Paul expresses this turn with his usual vigour. But this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We cannot cultivate hope without reclaiming energies that are wasted when we are bogged down in the past. So hope requires of us a constant practice of letting go and handing over stuff from the past. Prayer is central to this practice of surrender and release. By seeking forgiveness for ourselves, we let go of futile regrets and self-recrimination. By offering to God our forgiveness of others, we let go of resentments. But there is a further dimension to this letting go that classic Christian spirituality explores in depth. What hampers us from joining God in the creation of new opportunities for healthy change is our state of preoccupation. We keep up the makeshift selves we have cobbled together by constantly talking ourselves into keeping things the same. We try to keep what used to work for us going even when it hampers us from being available to the new challenges of the present moment. Henry Nouwen expressed this so well in this passage from his book, Reaching Out. Preoccupations are our fearful ways of keeping the same, and it often seems that we prefer a bad certainty to a good uncertainty. Our preoccupations help us to maintain the personal world we have created over the years and block the way to revolutionary change. Our fears, uncertainties and hostilities make us fill our inner world with ideas, opinions, judgments and values to which we cling as to a precious property. Instead of facing the challenge of new worlds opening themselves up for us and struggling in the open field, we hide behind the walls of our concerns, holding on to the familiar light items we have collected in the past. The conservative power of our preoccupations is very convincingly expressed by Don Juan, the Yaqui Indian, in one of his conversations with the anthropologist Carlos Castaneda. One day Carlos asked Don Juan how could he better live in accordance with the Indian's teaching. You think and talk too much. You must stop talking to yourself. Don Juan answered. He explained that we maintain our inner world by our inner talk. And we talk to ourselves until everything is as it should be, repeating our inner choices over and over, staying always on the same path. If we would stop telling ourselves that the world is such and such, it would cease to be so. There's a great deal of food for thought here, isn't there? As we reel during this pandemic from the shock of being stripped overnight of so much we had been taking for granted. 
we begin to take stock of so many features of life that are never going to be the same again. And holy turmoil over racial injustice is laying bare how many things ought never be the same again. Perhaps Christians now will start to overcome their reluctance to speak the frank language of Jesus and the apostles about dying to self, extricating ourselves from our wealth, crucifying our old identities. Nothing less drastic is going to work. The second keynote of the spirituality of hope is the release of desire becoming a woman or man of desire. The New Testament comes to a climax on this note in the final verses of Revelation. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let everyone who hears say, Come, let everyone who is thirsty come, let anyone who desires take the water of life as a gift. Revelations 22.17 the conventional piety that has stood in the way of authentic Christian spirituality has been skittish about the language of desire, which threatens to bring into church the hot breath of sexuality. Desire has been represented negatively as something to suppress in the name of being obedient, conforming to God's will. But desire was a central theme of classic Christian spirituality. One can hardly claim that it is some kind of exotic mystical development when arousing desire is the heart of Jesus' teaching. Jesus acted as a catalyst for the release of repressed desire and he urged again and again the practice of asking through which the energies of desire are liberated. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Luke 7, 9-13 Decades of experience as a spiritual director have shown me that many of us are profoundly inhibited when it comes to expressing needs and longings to God. We find excuses for not asking for much of anything, let alone the gifts of faith, hope and love. Often men are conditioned to feel that self-sufficiency is prime. To ask for anything, even from God, seems weak. Often women are trained to hold in their own needs because asking for things for themselves has been made to seem selfish. Some of us find it just hard to name what we need. What do I need to seek for from God? in order to face what comes next? What do I want to be, to experience, to find? And here is the question of questions. Who do I want God to be for me just now? We will only receive the gift of hope 
by practicing asking and liberating our stifled desire. And how will we pray for what the world needs now if we won't ask for what we ourselves need now? Please join me soon for the next podcast. Our theme will be our vocation to be agents of God's hopefulness. Thank you for listening to the Faith in Maine podcast, brought to you by the Episcopal Diocese of Maine.